Hello everybody, welcome back to Space Stuff by Teenage Astronaut, and I am Joe, the Teenage Astronaut, and welcome to episode 2 of, well, season 2. Um, today, A, this is not a new thing, this green screen behind me is not a new thing at all, it really shouldn't be, it's been around for a while, I'm gonna fix a small thing real quick, because I'm gonna have my hands up a lot. And we can't do stuff over there, so... Yes, it's not. It's just gonna be better to not have my hands at all. I'm still working out the kinks in the system or whatnot. I move on my channel. Um, but that's not the point of today's episode. Today's episode is not to talk about the issues with my setup. That's what the comment section's for. <laughs> Went down there. Like, subscribe. I gotta, I gotta do the plugs, right? Um, but no, today we'll talk about the history of SLS continued the last episode of the series. Um, and today we're just going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Um, we're going to just focus on the modern on Artemis, which is kind of the reason the episode is called the Slow Launch System. <laughs> um, which is just a joke. It's details. Um, but yes, today we're talking about a bunch, and we're going to get right into that. And that is NASA's kind of idea in the Artemis program. Why NASA wants to go back to the moon at all, right? I mean, we've gone to the moon before, we could go other places that we haven't gone. Mars, uh, Venus, if you wanted to, I suppose, or putting Venus or whatever. Like, we could go to places we haven't gone before. Um, to go to asteroids and whatnot. But we want to go back to the moon. Why is that? And NASA wants to go back to the moon. Well, this is straight off the web. This, this is like from the NASA website. NASA wants to go back to the moon for scientific discovery, economic economic benefits and inspiration for a new generation of explorers. Basically what this means is NASA wants to go back to the moon to be able to study scientifically things they weren't able to back in the 60s and 70s with Apollo, um, be able to do economic benefits involving contractors and whatnot, things that they haven't done yet, and then also inspire a new generation. Because there was an entire generation inspired into doing space by the Apollo program, right? That kicked off things like the space shuttle, or COTS, or a bunch of specific UF today that were inspired by Apollo. Um, but the thing is, NASA, okay, that's why I want to go to the moon. But it's going to do that somehow. And a big way they plan on doing this is by establishing a base camp. Because really, to do it well, you need a base camp, right? I mean about it, right? If you don't have a base camp, you won't be successful. If you don't have a place to stay, you won't be successful. You only you have a sandwich you go to the Apollo, where they stayed for a couple of days and then left and never came back. Pretty much, to that same spot. So, NASA wants to set a base camp. The space camp will very likely be on the south pole of the moon. NASA says it wants, NASA says it will Literally what it says in, like, on the website, it will build a base camp on the surface of the moon, and then will also build the Lunar Gateway Space Station in Lunar Orbit. Both of these are really vital to the success of the Artemis program. You need both of these two for this program to be successful. The base camp, so they can have a large amount of people on the moon at a time to do immense scientific discovery, and kind of, like, the ISS in a way, right? And they, the Lunar Gateway Space Station is vital, because I, I, I'll describe what life is a lot later. It's supposed to be like a kind of like a pit stop in orbit, 
just a spot for them to stop at, get supplies and whatnot, and then continue on the journey to the stars. <laughs> um, both of these, though, will actually do it. Both will help both robots and astronauts explore and conduct more scientific work than ever before. That's kind of the big thing about them. It's because, let's say, let's say you have a base camp on the moon, right? You can spend a lot more time on the moon. Like, actually on it. Same with LGSS. You can spend more time in orbit of it, for instance. Do multiple fields of study at a time. And that, that's a big thing. That's important. That's what the big thing is. If you have the ability to do so, like this, you can do a lot more. And that's really what... That's kind of like the whole point of Artemis, in a way. The whole point of the Artemis program is to do more than they were able to do during Apollo. Because to be fair, Apollo was one of those programs where it was successful, but it also failed. I won't like the space shuttle, right? It was successful, but it also failed in a way. Because it, for the Apollo program, for instance, it was successful in that it got a man on the moon before the Soviets. It that's successfully, but exploration-wise, it failed horribly. There was not a lot of work done on the lunar surface. And there's a lot more we could do, a lot more we could explore, a lot more we could get done that Apollo was able to do. And same with the space shuttle in a way, right? The goal of the space shuttle was to make a reliable, rapid, launching, reusable vehicle, and that also failed in a way. While it was successful, it was, so it was reliable, and it did a bunch of launches, and it was able to take some really big things into orbit. I mean, to be fair, the ISS probably wouldn't exist without the space shuttle, right? Like... Think about that. And Hubble wouldn't be the way it is with that space shuttle. Really, Hubble wouldn't Hubble wouldn't be doing anything ever, in fact, without the space shuttle. Because it had that mule issue. Where it would have gone up, they would have found that out, and then they would have had to cancel it and build a whole new space a whole new space telescope. Just saying. It was successful, but it failed in the way that it wasn't cheap, it wasn't really reusable. It wasn't really reliable either. It wasn't that good. Um, but again, to do any of these, you need to have vehicles. You need to use a vehicle of some kind. I mean, in the Constellation program, you had the Ares 1, the Ares 5, the Altair, and also the Orion, right? Well, that last one, what I'll talk about even more now than in, in the last episode. The Orion spacecraft is NASA's next... Spacecraft that can go to the moon, Mars, and beyond. It, it has three parts that make up the whole spacecraft. The LAS, the launch abort system, the crew module, so the actual capsule itself, and also the surface module. The first of these we're talking about is the launch abort system that's on the very top. The launch abort system is a tower positioned above the crew module. That's that big tower that's on top of the capsule on the very top of the rocket. If you look at the sound five, there should be an image of it on screen right now, like a big like a video of it. The very top of it is the launch abort system. And it can pull the crew away from a failing rocket in seconds, in milliseconds, really. Um, you also have, then you have the crew module, the actual line capsule itself. Again, there should be video that's on screen right now. The crew module is meant to keep four crew members safe from the launch, from the moment the rocket launches to the moment it's recovered. It provides in-space life support, avionics, and power systems. But, even more of those are done on the surface module. Also, there should be video for on screen. That's the last time I'm going to say that, by the way. 
The service module is built in association with the European Space Agency, or the ESA. The service module will provide power and other systems, including propulsion, for the entire Orion spacecraft, the whole thing. And it's really where that will be held, a lot like the Apollo program, keep in mind. The whole thing will look, if you include the launch boat system, really weird. Well, really weird. Um, but hey, guess what? It works, right? Um, but that has to go somewhere, right? Orion's gotta get to space somehow, right? It ain't, they ain't gonna launch it using the surface module. That won't be good, right? That won't be enough to go to the moon and back. No, that'll be done using SLS. The whole reason this whole thing exists. SLS is made of multiple stages. It's got, it's made of two stages, two SLS and a stage adapter. SLS is actually, I talked about it in the last episode, SLS is a lot like the Ares 5, really. Like the two almost look similar. The difference is that the Ares 5 is a lot bigger, had a lot more engines, was more powerful, could take more to orbit, and was also a more expensive, and also, side note, never got built, ever. Not a single piece of it was built. Um, the first thing about it, though, it's not my notes, I completely forgot to write it, to be honest. And that is, SLS is actually, has multiple blocks, a lot like the Apollo capsule did back in the Apollo days. It has multiple, uh, the SLS has multiple blocks. You have block one, which is one that's currently being flown, right? It's going to be flown soon. So the Artemis 1, 2, and 3, if I'm correct. Um, that's what Apollo, that's what Artemis, is what Block 1 will do. Block 1 has a core stage, it's a lot, it's the same core stage, really. Um, it's a core stage that has four RS-25ED engines, I want to say, um, on it. Uh, it's two shuttle drive boosters and a DCSS second stage. The DCSS is the... Delta Cryogenic Second Stage. It is the same upper stage used on the Delta IV, both medium and heavy. Um, it will be used on the for the Block One. The Block One B will have only one difference on the whole system. It's the only difference between the Block One and One B is the upper stage, as the exploration upper stage will be will be kind of will be will start being used for the Block One B. The final block, though, the you know once this is done, that's fully operational, is the block two, and this one it's bigger, it's a lot, it's bigger, it's more powerful, it can take more to orbit, and it also replaces the shuttle drive boosters with more advanced boosters instead. About the boosters, let's talk about those. The SLBs, the SLBs for the first two blocks are shuttle derived and provide 75% of the thrust the core stage produces at liftoff. Keep in mind though, on block 2, those will be advanced once Silver by Northrop Grumman. Let's talk about that. The SLBs are made by Northrop Grumman's Utah team. Specifically Utah team, keep in mind. Um, you also though, the SLBs though, on the outside, right? Well on the inside of them is stage 1, or the core stage. This stage is built by Boeing at the Huntsville, Alabama facility. Um, there have been multiple four stages built, in fact, really, by this point. Uh, the core stage is powered by four RS-25 engines. Those should, those should ring a couple bells. The RS-25s are the same engines the space shuttle used as its main engines. There's three engines on the bottom that 
produced a bunch of rock diamonds and could only be used once in liftoff. After the stage, after stage one is finished being built, though, and it's gone through all its testing, all its green ones, proof tests, all of that stuff, it is then transported from from Alabama around Florida through the Gulf of Mexico via barge, and then it go and then to the KSC, where it can then be stacked and mated and all that to the rest of the vehicle. But okay, you have stage one, right? You can get can put it in here with that, but you can't get it all bit without stage two. Well, that's one of those two. Stage 2 is the, or the exploration upper stage, as it's really called, is going to be powered by four RC-10 C3 engines. That is a mouthful. The RC-10, by the way, that is the same engine that the Atlas V uses and Vulcan will use. But, like I said, the first few missions will be done, will use the Delta Cryogenic second stage instead, as the EUS is still getting worked on, really. Um, the EOS is also going to be built by Boeing. Um, most of this is built by Boeing, and part of that isn't is the Orion capsule. The Orion capsule is actually built by Lockheed Martin. Um, that's all my notes. Um, so that's the vehicle, so that's SLS itself. Um, but what is it going to do? Well, there are currently three missions planned. Artemis 1 which will be flying very soon, will just be kind of a test flight of the whole system. Literally everything. It will go to the moon, and then come back. That's all it's going to do, really. There'll be no people on board, all will be on board, or CubeSats, and Snoopy. Not joking. <laughs> um, Artemis 2, though, will be a much, will also be a very big mission for Artemis. And that Artemis 2 will be the first crewed mission of the Artemis program. It will not be landing on the moon, it will be orbiting the moon, and they will then come back and splash down in the ocean and be recovered. The main thing Artemis 2 wants to do is people can do kind of experiments, test systems, all that stuff in order to the moon. Artemis 3 though is another wheel, is, in my opinion, probably actually the biggest of all of it. Artemis 3 is the mission that people will be landing on the moon using a lunar starship. Um, you know that, we'll be using a lunar starship. So, that'll be cool to see. And then after that, they'll... They, they, they'll... Planned? Like, they... Oh, like, they have, like, somewhat counts for them and whatnot, but they're on, is there, there is no major mission planning for any missions after that. Which makes sense, because to get to Apollo, to Apollo, Artemis 3, it'll probably be the late 2020s by then. So we got a while to go until then. Um, but, you may notice, I haven't talked about, there's a lot of stuff I have left out of this video. Like, when it's HLS, I have left out, right? The Human the Lunar Gateway, or what's it called, the one with the little landers. That's because I plan on making all three of those their own videos. One of them their own series. <coughs> Starship. Um, I'm having the own series. Like, there's, there's a lot coming for the season. The season is going to be big, and I'm excited for it, and I've planned a lot. And, well, actually, that's kind of it for this episode. I know it's not, not what I, not what I, I expected it to take a lot longer for it to be more full, but that's why I realized, hey, 
I am going to make all of these, another, I'm going to make three of these things in other videos. So I'm just not going to talk about them in this one. So I can have the people go and watch those ones to learn more about it. And that's because all three of these things have so much to talk about. I can't fit all of it into one video. All three of them. The one with the little animals, I can't remember that. It's like DCPS or something like that. Or like CCPS. It's a little animals, they have like Peregrine and whatnot. And HLS, which is going to be part of Starship. It's, it's another, my next mini-series, like my next like, kind of series thing like this, will actually be about Starship. And I'm going to give myself a couple of months before that, so I can work on much small, more kind of just, you know, I stuff I want to talk about more kind of thing. Um, I mean, I, I don't know I'm going to make the next episode about, but I am not going to say a word about it, because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but, with that, we finished on, and I was trying to kind of do the outro now, right? I got to do this, but before we do that, I do want to say one thing. And no, I'm not sponsored by anybody but me. Oof. <laughs> um, I just want to actually take a quick moment to say thank you to you for watching this video. But also to the currently, as of the time I am recording this, the 52 people who follow me on Twitter. Um, that is, I want to say that, because that's inspiration right there. <laughs> inspiration 52. <laughs> um, which is a quick thank you, and for those who watched the stream earlier today, um, but what I will say is, that's it for today's episode, I will see you all next month, this is Joe the Teenage Astronaut, signing off. <laughs>